Day 3 of the Novena to Our Lady With quotes from John Paul II's encyclical Redemptoris Mater Now at the visitation, when Elizabeth's greeting bears witness to that culminating moment, Mary's face acquires a new consciousness and a new expression. That which remained hidden in the depths of the obedience of faith at the Annunciation can now be said to spring forth like a clear and life-giving flame of the Spirit. The words used by Mary on the threshold of Elizabeth's house are an inspired profession of her faith, in which her response to the revealed word is expressed with the religious and poetical exaltation of her whole being towards God. And these sublime words, which are simultaneously very simple and wholly inspired by the sacred texts of the people of Israel, Mary's personal experience, the ecstasy of her heart, shines forth. In them shines a ray of the mystery of God, the glory of his ineffable holiness, the eternal love, which, as an irrevocable gift, enters into human history. Mary is the first to share in this new revelation of God, and within the same, in this new self-giving of God. Therefore she proclaims, For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Her words reflect a joy of spirit which is difficult to express. My spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. Indeed, the deepest truth about God and the salvation of man is made clear to us in Christ, who is at the same time the mediator and the fullness of the revelation. In her exaltation, Mary confesses that she finds herself in the very heart of this fullness of Christ. She is conscious that the promise made to the fathers, first of all to Abraham and his posterity forever, is being fulfilled in herself. She is thus aware that concentrated within herself as the mother of Christ, is the whole salvific economy, in which from age to age is manifested he who as the God of the covenant remembers his mercy. The church which from the beginning has modelled her earthly journey on that of the mother of God, constantly repeats after her the words of the Magnificat. From the depths of the Virgin's faith at the Annunciation and the Visitation, the Church derives the truth about the God of the Covenant, the God who is almighty and does great things for man. Holy is his name. In the Magnificat, the Church sees uprooted that sin which is found at the outset of the earthly history of man and woman, the sin of disbelief and of little faith in God. In contrast with the suspicion which the father of lies sowed in the heart of Eve, the first woman. Mary, whom tradition is wont to call the new Eve, and the true mother of the living, boldly proclaims the undimmed truth about God, the holy and almighty God, who from the beginning is the source of all gifts. He who has done great things in her, as well as in the whole universe. In the act of creation, God gives existence to all that is. In creating man, 
God gives him the dignity of the image and likeness of himself in a special way as compared with all earthly creatures. Moreover, in his desire to give, God gives himself in the Son, notwithstanding man's sin. He so loved the world that he gave his only Son. Mary is the first witness of this marvellous truth, which will be fully accomplished through the works and words of her Son, and definitively through his cross and resurrection. The Church which even amid trials and tribulations does not cease repeating with Mary the words of the Magnificat, is sustained by the power of God's truth, proclaimed on that occasion with such extraordinary simplicity. At the same time, by means of this truth about God, the Church desires to shed light upon the difficult and sometimes tangled paths of man's earthly existence. The Church's journey, therefore, near the end of the second Christian millennium, involves a renewed commitment to her mission. Following him who said of himself, God has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. The Church has sought from generation to generation and still seeks today to accomplish that same mission. The Church's love of preference for the poor is wonderfully inscribed in Mary's Magnificat. The God of the Covenant, celebrated in the exaltation of her spirit by the Virgin of Nazareth, is also he who has cast down the mighty from their thrones and lifted up the lowly, filled the hungry with good things, sent the rich away empty, scattered the proud-hearted, and his mercy is from age to age on those who fear him. Mary is deeply imbued with the spirit of the poor of Yahweh, who in the prayer of the Psalms awaited from God their salvation, placing all their trust in him. Mary truly proclaims the coming of the Messiah of the poor, drawing from Mary's heart, from the depth of her faith expressed in the words of the Magnificat, the Church renews ever more effectively in herself the awareness that the truth about God who saves, the truth about God who is the source of every gift, cannot be separated from the manifestation of his love of preference for the poor and humble. That love which, celebrated in the Magnificat, is later expressed in the words and works of Jesus. The Church is thus aware, and at the present time this awareness is particularly vivid, not only that these two elements of the message contained in the Magnificat cannot be separated, but also that there is a duty to safeguard carefully the importance of the poor and of the option in favour of the poor in the word of the living God. These are matters and questions intimately connected with the Christian meaning of freedom and liberation. Mary is totally dependent upon God and completely directed towards him, and at the side of her son. She is the most perfect image of freedom, and of the liberation of humanity and of the universe. It is to her as mother and model that the Church must look in order to understand in its completeness the meaning of her own mission.
consecration to Jesus through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Most lovable and adorable Jesus, who suffered your passion to save us, I adore your ever-glorified heart, you who willed, though being God, to submit in all things to Mary, your Holy Mother. In spite of my littleness and poor love, I desire to respond to the immense love of your Sacred Heart, so as to unite myself ever more closely with you. I turn to this incomparable Mother, whom you have given to me. I consecrate myself to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, so as better to belong to you. I greet you, O Mary, Immaculate Virgin, Queen of Heaven and Earth, sure refuge of the sinner I am. Hail Mary, beloved daughter of the Father, Mother of the Son, faithful spouse of the Holy Spirit, Secure in your hands, I renew my baptismal promises, and through you I give myself entirely to Jesus Christ, my King, my Saviour, and my God. I choose you today with joy, as my Mother and my Queen, and I entrust to you my life and my soul. I want to love you and to make you loved, to serve you and receive from you every grace so that you can make me worthy of Jesus. Incomparable Mother, to this end give me the grace to be amongst those whom you teach, lead and protect. To be worthy of these privileges, I promise to go to confession regularly, to receive Jesus in the Eucharist, to observe the commandments of God, to pray each day and to recite the Rosary, to be a source of unity through a great love for the Pope the bishops and the priests, and through fidelity to the faith. Help me to flee from sin, protect me from selfishness, lies, impurities and all harm. Make me so perfect an imitator of Christ, that I can, through your intercession and your example, come to resemble him in all things. And since I belong to you, O my mother, keep me and defend me, now and at the hour of my death. Amen. Oh,